Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Murray up and under. Listening to the dig. What's up, Nuggets fans? This is Nick. I'm with Jeremy. We're excited about the Nuggets. It's going to be a good day to talk Nuggets basketball. How you feeling, Jeremy? I'm feeling really good. Uh, we have a nine and one record right now. Mike Malone's feeling good too. And, uh, you know, for us, obviously, being 9-1 is a hell of a start to the season. Uh, but we're trying not to come up for air. You know, we go to Memphis, and uh, we know we'll have our hands full down there, playing against Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol. So uh, continue to teach, hold guys accountable, learn, and try to get better every day. The theme. So at this point in the season, Jeremy, we have a 10-game sample size, and there's a lot of buzz around the Nuggets. So what we want to look at with the theme for the show this week is are the nuggets gold or are they fool's gold? Are we seeing an actual championship contender starting to build here or is the nine and one record a little bit misleading? Have you ever heard of iron pyrite? Yeah. Yeah. I saw them uh, at the Ogden last weekend. Oh yeah. How was that? It was guar. (laughs) (laughs) That's not, that's a band. That's not a word. (laughs) It was so well, guar, man. Iron Pyrite is also known as Fool's Gold, and it has been tricking people for centuries. In fact, uh, I saw an article. There were just 17 people in Alberta a couple months ago who bought a bunch of fake jewelry. And the article mentioned that there are actually four ways that you can test for real gold. So I thought, well, why not apply this to the Nuggets season so far? Why not? So here are the tests. You can ask a professional, somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. You can look for a hallmark. You can test the weight of the gold and you can perform an acid test. So let's put those four criteria to the nuggets. First off, the professionals are high on the nuggets right now. ESPN has them second in the West, fourth overall. Yahoo the same. NBA.com has them second in the West, third overall. We've been hearing people like Jalen Rose and Charles Barkley talk about the Nuggets being the main threat to the Warriors in the West. Twitter loves the Nuggets. Twitter loves Jokic. There is like a <laughs> affair going on right now with Twitter and Jokic. I, I didn't see this until a few days ago. I saw on a, a Memphis Grizzlies blog um, like weeks ago. They 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 called the Denver Nuggets uh, the the Twitter darling like. Twitter's talking all about it. It's going to be f- uh, hard to find uh, a professional outlet that isn't calling the Nuggets uh, one of the top teams in the NBA right now. The Nuggets' weight has been tested as well. They've been playing some heavy hitters the last few weeks. Uh, we've seen them play Golden State now. We've seen them against Boston and Utah and a surprisingly good Sacramento Kings team, actually. 
um, four games that they came out on top and four games that for the majority of those games, they look like the best team. That's that's the questionable area, because the 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 letter at the end of the game, the W or the L, I'm not sure in and out has truly reflected the play that we've seen happen. So so I, I, I have some question marks on that test, the weight test. One of the big tests for me is that great teams generally have a hallmark and real gold has some kind of a hallmark. There'll be a mark that says something about how, how many carrots it is or whatever. But if you think about the great basketball teams of our generation, the Warriors bring a clear thought to mind. They have a clear identity, a personality. They know which players to, to plug in when they lose players. They, they, they know what roles they fill. The Spurs teams, those great teams for 20, 15, 20 years, uh, they had an identity that they developed. Uh, you even think about some of the one-off teams like Dallas with uh, Dirk Nowitzki, um, the year that they won the championship, uh, the Cleveland teams with LeBron. These teams have clear identities that they develop. Are we seeing that with the Nuggets, do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have a situation personnel wise that nobody else can recreate where we have a point center. So our, our plays are starting basically closer to the basket. The more that Jokic can get a playoff from, um, from the elbow, from, from, from the paint, as opposed to um, somewhere from the outside, like a typical point guard, bring the ball up uh, the higher efficiency that we have in our shots. So, uh, the the more look, good looks come up, the more a shots come up, and that's something that no other team can do. So that would, to me, qualify as a hallmark. Yeah, I think once this team figured out that Jokic was the best player and that they were going to build around him and put in an offense and a defensive system designed to maximize his talents and strengths and to help to gloss over his weaknesses, that's where this team has really taken on an identity. And I think they're kind of taking on Mike Malone's identity this year a little bit too as a sort of gritty uh defensive minded tough team i think we're seeing a much tougher nuggets team than we've ever seen um maybe since the the chauncey billup days all right the last test you can do for gold is the acid test um, this is where you scratch off some of the glossy surface and see what's underneath we're seeing that a little bit with this team already i think how the team uh, supported Jamal Murray at the end of the Celtics game was positive. Mike Malone defended his players on uh, altitude yesterday and took yeah, some soft shots at the Celtics and the refs. Um, I think there's a grit to this team and I think they're communicating more. They seem to be gelling more as a unit, uh, which is also probably why we're seeing better defense. And I think again, we need more time to tell if, the acid of the season, the the stress, the pressure as it mounts through the course of the year is going to reveal weaknesses in this team or weaknesses in their chemistry. But um, as it stands right now, I think they're, they're pulling out some tough, gritty wins. They're they're um, playing together as a unit really well. Guys are sacrificing shots or doing whatever is necessary for the team to win. And they seem to be playing as a good, cohesive unit right now. Yeah, the grit to me, we, we're passing that. I could see where uh, maybe national media or, or, or an opposing team's media t 
takes that superficial grit test and just looks from the outside without actually testing it and says, oh, you've got Murray. He's proved to like, ah, uh, he's gotten into it with Lonzo Ball or gotten into it with Kyrie. Like he's a wild card or, um, oh, Jokic like disappears. Like who is that guy? Like, can he really be a, 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 a real individual, real leader or something like that? And when you actually follow this team, like real Nuggets fans do, and you see these personalities, you see this season more than ever, you see a gelling together of who these guys are. It's not just five guys on the court. It's one entity, one personality, one attitude. And we know that these guys, honestly, the biggest problem is that none of these guys speak up. None of them are divas. They're all for the most part, cool headed and, and work well together. So, um, more than ever, I were as solid as the grit test could could show, could prove. All right, so let's dig down into more specifics then about individual elements, individual players on this team, and whether we're seeing gold or fool's gold. Gold or fool's gold. First topic. The Nuggets are the second seed in the West. Gold or fool's gold, Jeremy? So to me, that question has more to do with context, uh, or I should say at least as much to do with context of the league around them as it does off of their own performance. Um, I'm going to say yes. Uh, We're seeing a lot of struggling with some of the teams that we thought were going to be uh, who everybody filled in at second in the West or third in the West before the season started. Um, you look at o- Oklahoma city and um, their, their injury problems, their performance problems. I don't think injury is an excuse for them necessarily. They're, they're also underperforming. Um, um, Utah is not showing the dominance that we expected to see. Um, people have mentioned that just the rule changes, if it's really the rule changes, uh, that have made the type of defense that they play less effective, they're not going to be at all gaining a home court advantage. They're going to be struggling just to make it into the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the situation, but it's not worth it to spend too much time on Utah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we're seeing a team, a Nuggets team that's performing well uh, at a time where other teams are struggling. To me, they're the second team in the West. Yeah, I think this is gold, too. I don't want to believe it. The Nuggets fan in me is telling me there is no way this team finishes second in the West in this stacked of a conference with this level of competition. This many great players, which only got better with LeBron James coming over. My gut is telling me no way this team finishes second. But the points you just made and other things, when I look at this conference... And I look at how the other teams are playing right now and where they are. We have the, the Rockets are terrible on defense. Terrible on defense right now. <laughs> Can't believe I forgot to They're so bad that it's going to take them the better part of this year to probably just figure that out. If they can even figure it out at all. They just brought in Jeff Bezdelic to try to fix the defense. Um, <laughs> do we think that they're going to turn it around to the level that they got to last year? when they've clearly taken a hit from losing Trevor Ariza and from gaining Carmelo Anthony. Um, I don't, I don't see it. I, 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 
again, my gut's telling me, yeah, they're going to bounce back. They'll be fine. They're going to be just like last year. But I'm I'm having a really hard time logically coming up with reasons that I think that will happen. Yeah. You know, you brought up Hallmark when it came to the Nuggets. The the, the Rockets Hallmark was this ability to to slow everything down, to make it complete sludge for even some of the most talented offensive opponents in the league. And and then to create offense out of scheme as opposed to um, as opposed to talent, the very thing that they take away when they're on defense. So uh, the player personnel changes that they had this this offseason, I think, affected them more than than people realize. Sure, they're still Harden. Sure, they're still Chris Paul. Yes, those are the guys who are going to win the games. But that hallmark of the team on as a whole, I think, has kind of fallen apart. Yeah, and Utah is really bad right now. They haven't won a home game yet, which I find shocking. They're usually one of the best home teams in basketball. Um, They were unbeatable at home the second half of last year. So I don't know what's going on with Utah. Minnesota's a train wreck. Uh, The surprises (laughs) this year have been Portland. Uh, Well, they shouldn't even be a surprise, really. I mean, they were the third seed last year. But everybody had them down it. this year. We all had them down and out of the playoffs or in the eighth seed this year. I just want to applaud them right now. Everybody turned their backs on them, even though they were, yeah. they did so well last Good season. Good on them. Good to see it. Yeah. Well done, Lillard, McCollum. Do they even? Who? Yes, they don't rivalry. have anybody else on that team, right? I think it's just those two. Um, <laughs> right. They, they have a they two-man have a starting five. Yeah, no, I, I think this rivalry that we kind of started coaxing up because of the Nurkic thing, I don't believe it. I, I'm I, and maybe maybe I'm to be hated for applauding how well they're doing. And the rivalry is real. I think the rivalry is a Nurkic rivalry. It's not a Portland rivalry, but who knows? It could get bloody as the season goes on. And all of a sudden we're clamoring for games and they're stealing them from us. Who knows? I think Utah is probably the more natural rival for us. Yeah. So, yeah, in the West, I just don't unless something dramatic changes. I mean, that's you always have to make that caveat with these kinds of predictions. But unless something dramatic happens, I mean, the Nuggets are in the driver's seat right now and they would have to have a total collapse to to ruin the start at this point. I mean, they could lose seven in a row and still be over 500. So, right. uh, Yeah, I don't I don't see things changing too dramatically from where they are now. Now, of course, the Rockets are not going to be under 500. They're going to be in the playoff hunt Um, right we may not see teams like the spurs and memphis uh be in the three four five seed when this all shakes out but i think things are are but not to be counted out. yeah i think things are looking legit for the nuggets um all right topic two the nuggets are a top 10 defense gold or fool's gold oh man i'm gonna say gold Oh, Whoa. man, I never thought I would say it. It's so so what would have to change in my mind for them to to take a significant step back? And right now they're ranked at third. We're, we are recording this before the Memphis Grizzlies game. Um, and right now they are third in the NBA for them to take such a fall back that they fall out of the top 10 would require that they stop doing the fundamental things that are working so well for them. They have their scheme figured out with Jokic is playing up um, farther. He's, he's more at the point of attack as opposed to sitting back and letting things come to him. Uh, you know, if they change that, which why would they? 
they are uh, they are putting in the second effort. I'm going to definitely say effort is a good word, and they're doing well on that. But the second effort from the other player, uh, if if one player gets gets beat, there's another player right behind him. If if that player then all of a sudden gets beat or or exploited, uh, there's another player, a third effort. Um, we're seeing uh, the shooting clock all of a sudden be the pressure point on the other team, which hasn't really been uh, our defense in the past. So I don't see those things going away. I- I'm calling it. We're a top 10 defense by the end of the season. Okay, I'm calling this fool's gold. I think you would. I think we're seeing these guys playing over their head on defense a little bit because of effort. I think as the grind of the season goes along, we're going to see the Nuggets go oh. back to some old bad habits because it's easier. Uh, really, that's it. So that's your grit test, isn't it? Aren't you kind of saying that they're failing the grit test if if personally they decide to give up on effort? Well, I don't see it as like uh, that diabolical or intentional. I think it's just <laughs> that when you're playing a game in February against Phoenix on a back-to-back are you really going to be committed to putting in the kind of effort that it takes to play a great defense in the NBA in an NBA where scoring is just going off the chart charts bonkers right now? That's such a huge question. That might be the most important question. That's not at the forefront of what everybody's talking about. Do they show up in February in that game that they don't quote unquote need? Yeah, and I think this team is showing me that they're not throwing those games away. And they've talked about this a number of times. Murray was just talking about this yesterday or Sunday about how the team really understands that every game matters and they're playing every game like it matters. And I I don't think that's just a talking point. I've seen that from this team so far. I I feel like there's been a number of games now where they easily could have could have thrown it in. I think last year they would have. And they find they've found ways to grind out these wins. So. I really like that about this team right now. I'm just wondering if if this is sustainable, if this level of effort on the defensive end is sustainable. Once the offense starts clicking and you're playing a bad team, it's so much easier to just get in the mindset that you're going to come down and chuck threes and outscore somebody uh, than to put in the work and the effort required to play really rock-solid defense on a night you're just not feeling it. Um, and that's what you have to do to be a top-10 defense. It has to be there every night. Jokic will average over seven assists for the season. Gold or fool's gold? Gold. Why I keep saying gold? I feel like the, a, a, a sellout, a total Denver Nuggets crazy <laughs> fan sellout. You are. Um, it's something I was hoping for. Um, I feel like in our first podcast, you said it was crazy when I suggested that he could average over seven assists this year. He's at 7-7 seven, seven right now. I might have said that. I think you did. It's a possibility. And I've changed my mind. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I. So he's showing he's you can't deny that right now he is showing that he wants to facilitate above and beyond uh, be the be the the shooter. Um, not that he is uh, above and beyond what he was last season. But whereas the first few games we saw him certainly shooting quite a bit more, asserting himself, um, I think you have to admit that over the past, let's say, five games or so, 
Um, he's definitely taken a back seat on scoring. I mean, he had a he had an easy triple double uh, the last night, and he didn't have three. He fell three points shy. When does it happen that guys fall points shy of getting a triple double, especially as a center, and, and not right, and not rebounds or assists? So, um, I, I see him doing an extremely good job. I, 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 it's hard to see him take the gas off of getting those assists. Like, how does that happen? Are you gold or fool's gold? Because if you're fool's gold, how does it happen where Jokic at this point is getting less assists? I like this version of Jokic. Uh, I'm, I'm saying gold on this, too. I think he is fine with taking less shots and facilitating, and it's working. They're winning. They're beating good teams. They're beating good defensive teams. They beat Boston pretty easily the other night. Now, Murray went bonkers, so who knows what happens in that game if, if Murray doesn't take over. Uh, maybe Jokic does have to step up and take on more of an active scoring role. But I, I think that's really the balance Jokic is trying to find. The team needs to find uh, Malone said on Monday that the team needs Jokic to be taking around 15 shots or more on average, but he was okay with where they were. And he mentioned this too. He said, we're nine and one. I mean, what, you know, the way these games have gone has, it has worked. Uh, Jokic had 16 assists against Utah the other night. He was running the offense. He was a dominant offensive player, but he wasn't scoring, and that's okay. Um, he's the type of player that can affect the game in ways where he doesn't need to be chucking up lots of shots. And that's refreshing, and it's also really different from what we're seeing on a lot of teams where there are guys putting up big numbers, but they need to be taking a ton of shots. I'm thinking of people like Zach Levine. Um, that's not the kind of star Jokic is, and that's not what makes him a great player. What makes him a great player is his ability to find open guys to attract the defense and to keep the ball moving. And when he's getting 16 assists or seven assists or eight assists a game or whatever, he's doing that and it's working. Topic four, Paul Millsap's offense is coming around gold or fool's gold. Gold. This is one of the benefits of doing a show every two weeks is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Man, did I throw him under the bus after those As first three As you should like, have. He was three horrible. Games. Yeah, he, he was terrible. Um, and and I'm sorry to say his, his shots are falling now. Like, I'm still, uh, to me, it's poison to see the man post up. Uh, and he's doing a little bit of it. Um, but those post-ups are falling now, a lot of them. Yeah, well, of course it's gold. When he can get, he's, he's, this is fool's gold. This is so obviously fool's gold. He is done offensively. He is not getting better. He's getting worse. There is no coming around at this point. I think we've seen since last year when he came back, he had enough time to get back into a groove. We didn't see much offensive production then. This year so far, um, he seems like he's having a hard time just making a move to the basket. I don't think I've ever seen somebody fumble the ball and lose the ball so many times just making a spin to the basket or trying to catch a entry pass or something. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. He just seems totally out of whack offensively. And I, but more, more than anything, I think the reason that he's, we're not going to see him get back to offensive production levels that we've seen in the past from Millsap is that they don't need him to be that player. Um, we just talked about, you know, Jokic's ability to, uh, feel out the game and do what he needs to do on the scoring end. His scoring's down. His, his scoring can go up. Um, he is somebody who can definitely improve. Um, Murray and Gary and Gary Harris are going to keep doing what they're doing. They're going to shoot better. They can 
carry the majority of the offensive load. Will Barton will be back, who again is another scorer, can get his own shot. I think Millsap's role in this team just isn't as a scorer. We don't need him in the low post um, on ISO trying to make offense happen. In fact, I prefer, I get terrified every time I see that happen. Let me rephrase this. Over the last five games, he's, he's scoring 15 points a game over 50% shooting. You're saying that that is not the real Millsap? I'm saying that's his... Is that, is that what you're saying? Okay, if, if that's his offense coming around, then I, I, I think that's as, as good as we'll see from him this year. I think 50, 15 points a game on 50% shooting is great from him. Well, that, that's all we can ask for. But that's not, the, that's not a, a $30 million a year guy that we signed. That's not what we were expecting when I'm he at. came in. We're not, we're not paying him for 20 points a game. 15 points a game is totally fine. Yeah, that's exact. That's why we're paying him. That's the way I've seen it. Uh, it, it I have no reason to complain about 15 points and 50%. I'll give 30 million to that if he is doing exactly what the guy who stands next to Jokic, who is our most important player, is taking care of it. There's few guys in the league. That's the problem with Jokic. There's few guys in the league that you can put next to him defending the basket and then also put on offense and still have effective cohesion happening. Uh, there's few guys that can do, pull that off super effectively. And Millsap is one that I would say is not just effective, is super effective. And that's $30 million. I'm, I'm fine with that right now. Yeah, the question like, isn't about his defense. Next season. Of course, I, that, and I've, I think that's what maybe we're both we're kind of agreeing with each other. Um, but his value is on the defensive end. His value is in doing um, little things, hustle plays, uh, providing leadership and maturity on this team. Um, it's not in scoring. And so this idea that his offense is going to come around, his shot is going to start falling, falling and all of that kind of stuff. That's what I think is fool's gold. I don't think it has. What do you mean? Three games. He's shot 50 percent for three games. Five games. Five games. He is averaging 15 points, 50% for the season. He's at 12.7 points a game in 27 minutes. The, the, the question wasn't, is Paul Millsap's season long average good? The question is, is it coming around? You sent me the document. It's in quotations. It says coming around. <laughs> Yes, I realize that. And it is. It has been good for it the last three. Is. Okay, but so you think this is going to sustain, he'll sustain this then. This is about what we should expect from him moving forward is 15 and 50%. Well, I, I certainly don't appreciate being put on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I hope so. Finally, Gary Harris or Jamal Murray will be an all-star this year. Gold or fool's gold? Ooh, let's work our way through it. Jamal Murray, no. He will not be an all-star. Gary Harris. Okay, again, context means everything. That's why I say no, Jamal Murray will not be. The point guards in the NBA are absolutely fantastic. The top ones. Uh, the lower tier ones, you can kind of swap out. Jamal Murray's in that 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 step before the All-Stars, and he just doesn't break that this year. Not at all. Uh, but shooting guards, the competition is not as fierce. Um, and what Gary Harris is doing on both ends of the court, I, 
I've, I've thought since the start of last season that, again, because of the context, that Gary Harris is a man who's going to make all-star at some point. And his start to this season, yes. 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 All-star. Uh, yeah, we agree on this one. Jamal Murray is a couple of years away. Part of the problem, as you identified, is that he's kind of out of position. He's a point guard, but he doesn't really play like a point guard. I don't even know what a point guard is anymore in the NBA, to be honest. Um, it kind of seems like it's just a slightly smaller shooting guard on a lot of teams. So <laughs> uh, maybe that's still kind of being figured out. Uh, but that, I think that is going to be somewhat of a problem for him when he's going against guys like Chris Paul for the vote, uh, guys who are averaging a lot higher assists and who are generally better playmakers. But Gary Harris as a shooting guard, I think will make it this year. Gary Harris is starting to get a lot of recognition nationally. A lot of guys who know basketball, you know, the commentators, the um, uh, analytics guys, they're starting to really appreciate what Gary Harris does. I think if he's averaging over 20 a game, and he continues his level of defensive play. I think we're going to see him in the All-Star game. And now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. Hey, sad Broncos fans. In case you haven't been told, the Nuggets are gold. in the blank all right jeremy let's do a little fill in the blank the nuggets nine and one record is blank so going with the theme of the podcast i'm gonna say the nuggets nine one record is not gold it's cryptocurrency oh that's right so it's so, completely valueless well there, there's gonna be a dip we're not going to be nine one forever. There's going to be a dip. And whereas right now we have all these people jumping on board, everybody and their cousin is asking you about the nuggets, just like cryptocurrency. When that dip comes, everybody's going to be bailing. All the fakers out there are going to be bailing. But if you hold long term, the value, the the effectiveness of what the nuggets bring is is without question going to be the top performing team or currency of the future. So as long as you hold on to the nuggets through whatever downturn is, a, is undeniably ahead, you're going you're gonna to find yourself in a good position. All right, the Nuggets' 9-1 record is disappointing. They should have had the Lakers game. They should be 10-0 right now. <laughs> they should have. I hate they that they should've. lost that game. <laughs> it marred this perfect start to the season, and I hate the Lakers, and I wanted them to beat LeBron on national television, so I'm disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. The Nuggets' defense is blank. Worth it. The Nuggets' defense is worth it. Their offense may never return to what it was before. But it's worth it to have a defense this good. 
All right, I've got the Nuggets defense is legit, but please don't quit. They've got to keep this going <laughs> if they're going to have any chance at all this year. I hope they can. I think they can put in the effort, but I'll believe it when I see it. Man, I still remember my puffy pants that my mom bought for me and then had me dance like <laughs> MC Hammer in front of her and her sister. And at the time, as a little kid, it sounds traumatizing. Like, this is great. I'm rocking it. Like, I'm looking cool. I'm doing good. But now, yeah, looking back on it, she was just a puppet master. Ugh. Yeah, this explains a lot, actually, about some of your psychological scars. All right. Gary Harris <laughs> is to the Nuggets as blank is to blank. Gary Harris is to the Nuggets as smothered is to Chubby's burritos. So it completes that which is incredible on its own, but becomes something special when this extra element is added to it. Always consistent, burns in the fourth quarter. All right, we both went food here. Gary Harris is to the nuggets as cream cheese is to cuisine. It goes good with everything. Interesting. Everything. You can put cream cheese with savory things, with sweet things. You can put it with a bagel. You can put it with... <laughs> okay. This is turning into yeah. Bubba Gump. We're uh, hungry, apparently. But he is good. <laughs> He's good all the time. And he, he can, you can have just a little bit of him in a game. And he does some little things that really add something to, to the game, to the dish. Or he can be the main ingredient, and that's fine too. But he he really is a way of uh, he 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 fills things in. He he provides what the team needs in the moment, and I think he's really the glue that kind of keeps things together. Jokic taking three shots in a game is blank. Jokic taking three shots in a game is. Scary. Not to the Nuggets fans, to everybody else. Because the fact that our all-star can win us a game, taking three shots in a in a game, better scare you if you're on the other one of the other 29 teams in this league. So Jokic taking three shots in a game is so Jokic. He is the only player who can dominate a game without taking a shot. In the NBA, in my opinion. And he, I, I feel like he likes it. I feel like he relishes in the fact that he doesn't have to shoot and doesn't have to score to have an impact on the game. Because anytime this gets brought up in interviews and people are asking him, you know, why aren't you shooting more? Or is it a problem? Or what's wrong with your shot? Or any of this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He always seems to be like really defensive about it. And I, I think it's because he, he just feels like there's a lot of ways of scoring the basketball and it doesn't have to come from him. And as yeah, long as I they're think you scoring, nailed it with it the interview matter. part. If if you've never seen an interview where Jokic gets asked about not shooting enough, it, it's a personal thing. And either he comes at it very uh, happily, almost sarcastically, like "Oh, weird, we still won anyway," or 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 almost kind of hurt, where he's like, "Like, stop asking me. It's clear. Like, we won the game, didn't we? Like, get off of it." So, yeah, you're right. It, it, you see it in his personality. The city unis are blank. 
purchased. Oh, the city unis already? are purchased for me. Yeah, I mean, they're not available yet, but this is going to be the first jersey that I get by since I spent the equivalent of two cents worth of my time to pick up the Iguodala jersey that got thrown on the floor after the Nuggets got beat by the Warriors. Oh, that game was brutal. We were there first, together. We were. And and the guy outside threw it on the ground, and it was just laying there. And I thought, ah, there's a jersey. <laughs> and I picked it up. And I have not gotten a jersey since Now that you that. bring it up, I but, think that might have been the last time that I wore my Mellow jersey. Partially just because it's the last time it fit me, I think. But I am probably due to. <laughs> that relates to the next right. beer question. So the city unis are a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Those things are sexy, oh, sleek, geez. amazing, unique. There's nothing like them in sports. The only thing I can even think of to compare them to is the Miami Marlins kind of rainbowy thing they have going, and it's terrible. They're awesome. Spot on. Bravo Nuggets. Jamal Murray's shot for 50 was blank. Orthogonal. Jamal Murray's shot was... <laughs> Jamal Murray's shot for 50 was orthogonal. Speaking of text messages, that word came up in our text message string between us, and I was hoping that I would get to it before you would on you this. You should probably so, explain that ridiculous word. Pertaining... Pertaining... To or involving right angles or perpendiculars. Jamal Murray going off for 50. Wow. I don't even remember how I worked that in. It's just right. orthogonal. Fine. It's just orthogonal. Jamal Murray shot for 50 was too nonchalant. He just chucked it up. Like, okay, I suppose crowd, you're cheering for me and you want me to do this and stuff. So I'm just going to like throw it at the basket. I wanted him to like shoot a layup. They were all just standing around like go for it. Uh, take a real shot. Go in further. Get a better shot. Go go to your sweet spot on the floor. I wanted to see him hit 50. I don't care yeah. what Kyrie Irving thinks about anything. He believes in a flat earth. Who cares what he it, thinks? <laughs> it's interesting you bring you bring up how he acted afterwards because one of the things he said in his post-game interview, um, somebody asked him about hearing MVP chants for him, and he said, oh, I didn't even hear it. Like, sometimes I lose myself. And this was definitely one of those nights where I kind of lost myself. That's exactly where the fit with Jokic does work. Sure, I want to see more of his playmaking. Sure, Jokic needs to even be set up so that he can then set other people up. But for Jokic to know that there's other guys on the court who can lose themselves and turn out a 50-point game is what makes us undefeatable is what makes us a championship team. So I, I'm glad to hear that out of Murray. I'm glad that he loses himself. I'm glad that he doesn't hear MVP chants. I'm glad that he's nonchalant about throwing up 50 because he just finds himself in his zone. Jokic is exactly the guy you want to be able to tap those other players' zones. Murray is starting to position himself as a little bit of a of a villain on this team, isn't he? You know, he had the Lonzo incident. Yeah, to, to yeah other right. People. And I... I don't yeah. dislike that, actually. I think this team can use a little yeah. bit of attitude, uh, a little bit of yeah. chippiness. Somebody that you need a guy on the team who gets under the other team's skin, right? The Warriors have Draymond right. Green to stomp people in the junk. You know, they've got that guy. <laughs> right? They've got that guy that everyone hates. And I think all the great. Oh, man. I think Bruce Bowen for the Spurs. Oh, 
Every, oh, yeah, instantly you still just my hide. And he does all these little gritty, dirty things that um, championship teams need. And I, I think, you know, maybe Murray could be that guy. He could be that guy that, uh, you know, does the blue arrow and pisses everyone off all the time. Yeah. If this is him at 21, five more years of this, and he's only 26, and I, I could totally see that playing out. He could, he could be easily hateable by everybody in the NBA at that point and yet be so good. If he's playing up 48-point games when he's 21. That's the thing is you have uh, to back it up. Yeah. Right. All right, right. So another one on Murray. His playmaking is blank to the Nuggets winning a championship. Murray's playmaking is tantamount to the Nuggets winning a championship. He needs to be a playmaker. He can't be a second shooting guard. We need somebody else to offer playmaking. And right now, with the way that the Nuggets roster is right now, if this is a championship team, it's Murray's playmaking that gets us there. You can come up with any hypothetical and bring in some other guy or, you know, maybe somebody, one of our healthy guys, IT or unhealthy guys, IT comes back um, and, and he's great at playmaking, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, that's not the Nuggets team right now. The Nuggets team right now has Murray and he needs to be a playmaker. All right. I'm throwing down here. Murray's playmaking is irrelevant to the Nuggets winning a championship. I'm going in the complete opposite direction. I'm saying make him a shooting guard. Just let him shoot. Just let him score. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's good at doing. He can't throw an entry pass into Jokic to save his life. He still can't. He's had three years to learn this. He's never going to be able to do it. So stop trying to make him into that player. He's not a point guard. So if that means mixing up some lineups, if that means working uh, Monty Morris in with the starters more and... Uh, you know, maybe Murray still has the same amount of minutes, but maybe those are divided up a little differently. Maybe it means he's coming off the bench and you're starting IT when he comes back or Monty Morris so that you get that playmaker alongside Jokic. I'm fine with all of that. And I don't none of that is a, is to say that those players are better than Jamal Murray. I just think his role is as a scorer and I think he needs to really become an elite scorer focus on that maybe the playmaking can come later but i think for now what this team needs is murray dropping threes and putting up 35 regularly you just offered two hypotheticals as a way of of getting around murray not playmaking hypothetical one monte morris we we don't know we don't know what that looks like so so what are you moving gary harris to the bench and monte morris at point guard and murray at the two no. Or, are you, or does Murray hide away? Or do you play all three of those guys and then you don't have a small forward in I would like to see there? Murray coming off the bench. I'd like to see a lineup with Monty Morris or Isaiah Thomas when he comes back. It's still back hypothetical. Starting. Yeah. We're predicting. Like, sure, I want to see it too, but These that's a hypothetical. No, well, I, I answer the question with the, the pieces that we have right now. And the other hypothetical was IT coming back. Sure. What IT do we get? What IT do we get? Are we going to hypothesize that he's a great playmaker, that he's he's quick, that his his pick and rolls hold are as on, good as on. they used to be? Yours, you are also know. giving us a hypothetical. You're saying that Murray can somehow learn how to become a point guard through the course of the season. We're not seeing any evidence of that. He's not making any improvement as a point guard. He doesn't play like a point guard. He is a scorer. So then we don't win a championship. 
Murray's playmaking is blank to the Nuggets winning a championship, tantamount, or they don't win it. Until Barton comes back, the starting small forward position is blank. In flux. So anybody with four limbs at this point qualifies as starting for or small forward for the Nuggets right now. And the problem is they're all good, but none of them are great. And so until Barton comes back, what they're good at is going to depend on and using that is going to depend on who they're going up against. It's going to depend on how hot they are that night. I don't think any of these guys is going to be running away with a starting small forward job because they're all good. Okay, until Barton comes back, the starting small forward position is Wancho's. I think he has (laughs) totally distinguished himself as the starting small forward on this team. I love how he's playing. I love his energy. I think he can be a, a decent defender, and I think his three-point shooting is something this team really needs to space the floor right now. But what about an opponent that they don't need to space the floor against? At this point, I would take offense over defense. I think the offense needs more work, and I think I'd like to see this team scoring more and just putting up the same effort on defense. Um, I, I'd be happy Isn't to not Craig, see Torrey like, Craig again this year, to be honest. It, isn't he actually like leading the team in plus no minus idea. or something like that? Um, he is such a black hole yeah. on offense that I, I it's it's either right. Beasley or Wancho at this point, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Wancho so this, the last few games. This brings up a personal question for me. The Nuggets, certainly with Torrey Craig out there and, and their spacing problem and the offense not playing like they used to, do you take the wins and the success they have if watching them is less fun because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a less fun team when Torrey Craig is out there, but at the end of the game, when they have the plus minus in their favor, when they have the W on the record, yeah, it is it's his it is. plus minus high because of Torrey Craig, or is it high because he's playing with Jokic, Murray and Harris as a starter? This is the problem. Well, with so plus if he's minus. being at the other guys at plus minus who play would play in his place, I doesn't that tell I, I, you? I think this is part of the limitation it's of plus of minus. I just I don't see I don't see that Craig has enough on the offensive end to justify his spot as a starter. There are too many good offensive uh, small forwards in this league. You have to get something out of him. When I hear you say offense, I'm just hearing how much fun you have watching them because that's what it's always been with the Nuggets. Oh, their offense is so much fun. We're winning games. No, I don't. I don't think Tory Craig's games. defense is so good that it separates him enough from like Malik Beasley or Wancho on offense. I mean, I think they can play but decent that's my defense. Point, is that nobody's separating themselves here, and I don't see any of these guys separating themselves. It's it's just per game, per matchup, per how hot the person is on the night. We're gonna see something different. Wancho three, Gacho three. What is Tory Craig's? Right. Yeah, Great. what is Tory Craig's mantra? <laughs> I don't know. Ask Chris Marlowe. I'm sure he'll come up with another thing. All right, last one. Stephen Avery is blank. A delinquent whose guilt of murder is seriously in question. I don't know. 
All right, Stephen Avery is a gross person and might be guilty, but he has no business being in jail. If you haven't seen Making a Murder uh, season one or two yet, um, go watch it immediately and be outraged at the judicial system in this country um, and at the absurd level of evidence that can convict somebody. Um, We've been all over that show and we have a lot of bantering going on about that right now, but um, Jeremy thinks he's guilty because a podcaster told him. No, I think that he is. No, no, I, I'm one of the only people apparently in this group who decide to look beyond the show for what's going on. And, and there are some very disturbing details about this guy's past that when he was not in jail and things that he either admitted to or was, was well, things he admitted to, uh, and, and other people saw, um, and that sort of profile, when you combine it with some of the, the details of this case that the cops did not, the very few details that the cops did not uh, uh, fabricate on their own, it, it's, uh, it's a bad position for this guy to be in as far as his guilt goes. But I'm not saying he did it. <laughs> oh, you think he did? You want him to have done it. You hate him. You hate Stephen no. Avery. What? I don't know. <sighs> No, I don't know. There's there's some of those old school pictures of him where I'm like, I could see myself hanging out with that dude, like the hippie, hippie kind of look or whatever. It's just a shame. It's sad. I just think it's the same thing with serial. The Anand Syed case is these guys are maybe they did it. I don't know. It's possible. Nobody knows, though. That's the point. And you can't send people to jail when nobody has any idea if they did it or not. It doesn't matter if you want to get a win and you're a prosecutor and you have a stack of cases on your desk that you need to clear. I don't care if you don't have enough evidence. Don't convict people. Anyway. Very well said. I I can't add to that. That was perfect. So, Jeremy, you're on Twitter now, right? I have been. Thank you. What's your Twitter handle? All of my Twitter followers are extremely (laughs) upset with you right now. What's your handle? Um, at Jeremy Poley. You can also follow us at The Dig Denver. This has been The Dig. Has anybody ever wondered as far on as, as the future will go? Yeah. It's a very strange egotism. But it's there. It's part of humanity. Next next week on Real Crime Profiles, come back. <laughs>